going on? It's Hayden McNamee, back with uh, 20 Minutes or Less on this episode. I am joined with uh, Sally Ryan. How's it going, Sally? Um, it's going pretty good. How about you? Pretty, pretty friggin' good on this day, you know? Um, oh, so, yeah. me and Sally, we went to the same school, and our mothers actually happened to be friends, but during school, we never actually really interacted because we were part of two completely different friend groups. But... Uh -huh. But from what I've always seen is that our friend groups are completely different because obviously boys and girls and we never really hung out. But I find there's a lot of similarities if I actually look at the people that are in my group and then I look at the people that are in your group is that there's a lot of similarities. But a lot of the time people usually think that friend groups are pretty different when usually they're not. Would you what are, what is your take on it? I think there's always the, like, stereotypical, like, friend group members, like, in every friend group, but, like, when you're in the same, like, town, and even in the same school, a lot of people are gonna have the same personalities and stuff, so I think it is common for, like, um, people to, like, seem similar, um, even though, like, they are completely different people, but, like, all our interests can be so similar, and I think that's kind of cool, not going to lie. Yeah, like, you, with with every friend group, you always get, like, um, I don't know, like, you, you almost think of them as, like, uh, main members, like, members that sort of run, not run everything, like, it's a fucking mob, but, like, run it, like, uh, you, you know what I mean, like, the top of the line friends, and then there's everyone, like, sort of below it. It's almost like, uh... I don't know. It seems to me that that's how every friend group went. With a long time ago, we, me and my friend group, we used to call them the primaries and the tertiaries, and we we would just we would go like that. And so there's always these primary friends. And whenever I look at other friend groups, it's almost super easy to tell who's a primary and who's like a tertiary. And I hate looking at it like that because I I want to look at it like everyone in the friend group is equal, but no matter what, it always comes with a friend group. There's always the one that doesn't talk a lot. There's always the one that's making the plans and stuff like that. There's always all these other people. And then everyone has different likes and interests and stuff like that. But you look at it, and a lot of the main members, even a different friend group, so the one that's always making plans, always has different outcomes and different goals, but sometimes they want the same thing as well. Yeah, that's pretty cool to think about. Like, I, like... I started off high school with, like, a massive group of friends, and now, like, it's pretty much, like, cut it down to, like, a good, like, I do have, like, a big group of friends still, but, like, my main ones are really, it's only, like, three of us, mm -hmm. um, or four of us, and, like, honestly, like, with the whole, like, friend group thing, I think about it this way, too, like, there's, like, people have personalities, so if you're gonna have two leadership-style people in a friend group, they're gonna clash, most likely because they like things done their way, so it's not going to work. So that friend is going to move over to another friend group, and that also kind of creates all these like little stereotypes in the group, little yeah. tensions and stereotypes and stuff like that, right? I know yeah, exa exactly. I know exactly what you mean. Um, something else that we were talking about before we started the podcast is that what uh, what I wanted to talk about with you was is that this new age of depression and kids our age like it's almost like you talk to anyone now and they're they everyone always has some sort of mental something going on mentally yes. right like and something that i f feel that plays like a big role into it is something i talked about in a previous episode uh 
I don't remember which one it was, love, hate, and social media, but is that this this big age of depression that we have from, we can almost give it straight to social media with all these things that we're obsessed with and likes, yeah. dislikes. Someone is making a spam account post about you. Someone is not following you, you know? Like, people get really caught up in it and don't... Exactly. Don't, like, they don't think about it. And so, I... What, what makes me scared is how... Because social media is only going to advance. Technology is only going to advance unless something big happens to the point where, as Will Foley would put it, we return to monkey. But um, <laughs> but uh, how are my kids going to deal with it? What is social media going to be like there? And as a person, that's scary to think about how my kids are going to deal with this new age of depression and stuff like that. What do you think of that? Well, yeah. Like, have you ever watched The Social Dilemma? I haven't, no. What's it about? But, oh, so it's basically, like, I've only watched, like, half-watched it, but it's just, like, talking about social media and, like, how it really does affect us. Mm-hmm. So, like, we get little, like, triggers of, like, dopamine, I'm pretty sure, whenever, like, a notification pops up. And, like, that just, like, automatically makes you happy. So, and they're only going to keep progressing with that because that's expanding their market, like, mm-hmm. massively. And so... On top of that, we're also just obsessed with, like, knowing what's going on with other people's lives. Mm -hmm. So we're just always going to stay connected to our phones. And on top of that, people posting all this, like, mental health awareness and stuff, which is completely good. I totally agree with that. Oh, yeah, definitely. As our generation, we always want to be a part of something. You can say you want to be different as much as you want, but we all want to be a part of something. Mm -hmm. And the mental health community is so welcoming I find Mm -hmm. that like it's almost like you you don't it's a mental illness it's not a physical illness so if I walk up to you you can't tell if I have depression or not but I could tell you if I do or not yeah it's like it it's technically fake but I'm a part of this community and I can talk about it Mm -hmm. because you can't see that I'm not actually sick so I feel like everybody's joining in on the party when really if you had a mental illness you would not wish it upon your worst enemy because it literally sucks ass oh yeah it's terrible no this i i totally agree with what you said about uh, uh about the uh the people that are spreading words about like the you can always get help and stuff like that that community is so welcoming and stuff like i totally agree with you you meant like uh Grace McDonald, who is someone that I had on uh, a, a previous podcast, uh, she's a, like, literally anyone can be a fine example of it, but Grace is someone that I really look up to, and I really, like, I, 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 she's living proof that you can turn your life around, especially because with, with all these mental illnesses, it can fall into something, you can fall into addiction, you can fall into all these other things, and she, she came out of it, you know, and that gives me hope that anyone can come out of it. And I, I hate seeing people go through that. I, I have family members, and I'm sure you do too, and I'm sure anyone listening has family members or can think of someone that they love that suffers from mental illness and just wants to see them get better. And I feel like I feel like Grace is a is a shining example that it that it can get better and that you can you can fight through it, you know, and the help exactly. that you, the help that you can get 
it's out there sometimes maybe it's a little too far out of reach for some people to notice and in grace's cbc interview that's what she talked about but uh, i feel like we really there does need to be a little bit more help i i know the guidance counselors yeah. they uh i i talked to a guidance counselor at kv for close to three years and she actually did help a lot more sometimes talking to people really does help yeah i have like i have ocd um anxiety and depression i got diagnosed like officially with it like last year mm -hmm. um but i was i had never gone to see anyone because i was always in that mode where i was like no like it's not as big as it seems. Mm -hmm. And then when I finally let it all out, it's just like, well, it is. And they lead you to all these resources. Um, you just got to find the right person, right? Exactly. Like, and that's what's wrong with the system right now. It's that like some people will lead you one way. Some will lead you another way. Some will yeah. lead you to a line of medications, which isn't bad, but some will lead you with medication. Some will lead you with natural remedies when it like, it's just confusing for someone who's mm -hmm. a, young person and you don't know how to even go about it and you have all these different options if if you don't mind uh, me asking with with your anxiety and depression what are what are certain ways that you cope with it um to be honest i i smoke a lot of weed <laughs> <laughs> I, I i smoke at least like three times a day there's um, nothing wrong with that no um it just like it calms you down i used to be on the medication and it it did help um, there was nothing wrong with it. I just did feel a little different with it. Mm -hmm. Um, but like currently I'm doing like, I'm smoking weed. I'm doing CBD too. Mm -hmm. I started that. And I'm it's on actually helping a lot. Yeah. I'm on, I, I use CBD every single day, every single yeah. day. I've got, I've, I've got a pen. I used to have this spray and stuff like that. Uh, funny, funny story, actually. So I, I got this spray and, uh, yeah. it was a little bit of, um, had a little bit of THC in it, but not as much as I thought it would. And I'm not a big fan of THC anymore. So I used it and I was like, okay, so this will help. And my mom was like, okay, it should kick in probably in like an hour or something like that. So I'm sitting there on my couch. I'm playing video games or something like that. And I look around and I'm just beaming. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, <laughs> but I remember like that was a time when I, I I remember feeling I was like okay this is good I can definitely see like some benefit as long as like you're not like totally going absolutely ham all the time to the point where like you're like party stoned you know do you know what I mean yeah. when I say party stoned oh, I know yeah <laughs> like uh, as long as you're not doing that I feel like some I feel like uh, marijuana and CBD can definitely have uh, definitely have a, a healing factor on the brain, and you'll have people yeah. say that it is, and you'll have people say that it isn't. It's it's pretty much to the point where you got to be careful with your dosage, because you probably yeah. know, and a lot of people other know, is that um, weed reacts differently to everyone. Like with me, I'm a oh, super yeah. lightweight, unbelievable lightweight. Yeah. But yeah, like yeah. that's that's it right there. Um, so yeah, with this new age of depression and stuff, I really do feel like um, I really hope my kids can get the help that that they. Uh... Hi, Evie. One sec, a dog just walked in. Um, that uh, that 
that they deserve, right? Because I feel everyone needs uh, needs access to it, no matter what race, religion, no, no nothing. Every human is a human, and sometimes they have mental health problems, right? You need yeah. people need help, no matter what. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there will be such a worry when we go into the future because about every second person I ask is going into something with like psychiatry. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone is taking that route now, and whether they drop out or not, that. I don't know if the demand is as big right now, like, in the job sense, but people do want people in that field, mm -hmm. so they will get jobs, and mental health will be taken more seriously, because, like, what, in the past, like, 20 years, it has elevated, like, crazy, yeah. like, you used to, like, if you said you had depression and stuff, like, only doctors, like, good doctors would take you seriously, and then others would just, like, kick you to the road. Yeah, uh... But it, now, it still happens, but it's, I think it's a lot better than it was 20 years ago, mm -hmm. and it's just going to keep progressing from there. Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, mm -hmm. Something that I also feel like, uh, everyone shares something on Instagram about mental health, like, you matter and stuff like that, and that's beautiful to see. I love seeing that stuff. Mm -hmm. And, but something that I feel like really brings mental health straight to the, uh, straight to the front is uh, movies. You, you have so many movies portraying mental illness, and this might just sound stupid, but obviously The Joker was one of them, which I love. I was thinking that yeah. one. I love that movie. I love that movie, too, and that uh, the mental illness that's portrayed in that is just awesome. I recently I watched uh, a movie from 1963 last night, Igmar Bergman's Winter Light, and it's about this... Um, it's about this priest in Sweden who is losing his faith in religion, and there's this suicidal guy in, uh, that needs to talk to him, and he talks to him, but, he, but the pastor is also, like, falling out, and he's obviously dealing with his own mental health stuff, and he, uh, once the guy leaves, and, uh, once the guy leaves from talking to the pastor, uh, he ends up actually shooting himself in the head and they find him and the 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 pastor just can't like react at all it's just like he's completely emotionless cuz he's completely just gone out of it he has no idea like what to say he's very obviously broken and stuff and he's losing yeah. his faith in religion it's it's really interesting it's awesome yeah yeah, when you find a good movie that portrays mental health, right? Because, like, you can watch a movie and it'll be like, oh, this person is depressed and they're eating potato chips in their bed, yeah. eating ice cream for a week. Like, And, like, yes, that is depression for some people, but, like, then you get the Joker where it's just so raw and it's so, like, literally just, like, in your face and you're like, oh, my God, that is so dark and so sad. And that's what it's like. Yeah. And, like, people, like, they're like, I don't like that. It's like, because mental health isn't this, like, well, being healthy mentally is a good thing, but, like, not having good mental health isn't this bright, nice place. Like, yeah. It is dark. It's It's, it's dark. Nice. It's, yeah. it's scary. You, you very much feel alone. I, uh, I still suffer from, like, anxiety. I, I don't really have depression, I would say. I, I've worked a lot of that out with, uh, with a lot of meditation and uh, self-healing stuff, but I definitely still have anxiety, and I get that from my mother and my father, but, um, uh, I used to feel just so alone, and now I look at it like I'm not alone. I get these spikes sometimes, but 
if I if I feel alone, there's other people that feel alone. So I need to make sure that I put myself out there so people know that they're not alone. You know, exactly. I, do, I don't want anyone to feel the way that I did before. And I know that there's people that feel even worse than I did before. And that breaks my heart. Yeah, it's like, no, to see, like, yeah, because if you've struggled with it before, and then just knowing that somebody's feeling that way, mm-hmm. your heart just breaks, because you've been in that place, and you know how hard it is, mm-hmm. so, like, yeah, I try and spread positivity all the time, too. Uh, yeah, like, that's just what I like, want to spread yeah. as well, and if no one, if people don't want positivity, or they're giving off bad, they're giving off bad vibes, and they just, they're just a Debbie Downer, just, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Just, you don't have to talk to me. We don't have to talk to each other sort of thing. I just, I just don't want it. And yeah, like what, like there's just great movies with, with mental health portrayed. I'm trying to think of uh, another one. Oh, what, what is it? It's right. It's like right there. But like this whole time during this movie, this guy thinks his wife is real or something like that. I really don't remember the name of this movie, but and I won't go into the full thing. But at the end of it, it turns out that the whole time in the movie he was in a, a psych ward or something like that. Nothing okay. he was seeing was real, and that one really screwed me up. Same thing with uh, Shutter Island. If you've ever seen Shutter Island, I haven't, but I have heard about it. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is a detective, yeah. and uh, he goes to this island to find an escaped prisoner. Only at the end of the movie. To figure out that the whole time they were uh, they were just trying to bring him back to reality because mm-hmm. it was it was this whole plot against him or something like that. It was so weird. Like no one was his friend or anything like that. Uh-huh. It's so bizarre. Well, yeah. Well, Sally, we're uh, we're coming yeah. to an end. I would like to uh, thank you very much for coming on this podcast. It, it was Thank uh, you for having me. <laughs> of course, it was uh, it was a pleasure. And at the end of every episode, I say, "That's that."